You're listening to the Dead Presidents Podcast. And this is the Top 5 Funniest Presidents. Welcome to the Dead Presidents Podcast. I am James J. Hamilton. And I'm Stephen Lincoln Douglas. You know, being president is a tough job, and it helps to be able to lighten the mood. That's right, James. You know, sometimes things are tough. Things are sad. And you get angry. However, certain presidents have been able to approach the most difficult job in the country with humor always with a bit of humor and that's going to bring us to our top five this week in front of a live studio audience very special we have the top five funniest presidents number five harry s truman truman said as a boy his vision was too poor to play baseball since I couldn't see the ball, he said, they gave me a special job. Someone asked, what was that, Mr. President? Cheerleader? Truman said, no. Umpire. <laughs> <laughs> Writing home during World War I. The men think I am not much afraid of shells, but they don't know. I was too scared to run. <laughs> I have found the best way to give advice to your children is to find out what they want and then advise them to do it. <laughs> it's a recession when your neighbor loses his job. It's a depression when you lose yours. <laughs> I never did give anybody hell. I just told the truth and they thought it was hell. <laughs> If you want a friend in Washington, buy a dog. <laughs> when you have an efficient government, you have a dictatorship. <laughs> Always be sincere, even if you don't mean it. <laughs> if you can't convince them, Confuse them. <laughs> show me a man that gets rich by being a politician, and I'll show you a crook. <laughs> a statesman is a politician who died 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. <laughs> The Republicans have General Motors, and General Electric, and General Foods, and General MacArthur. Every general I know is on this list, except General Welfare. <laughs> I heard a fellow tell a story about how he felt when he had to make speeches. He said, when he has to make a speech, he felt like the fellow who was at the funeral of his wife. And the undertaker had asked him if he would ride down to the cemetery in the same car with his mother-in-law. He said, 
well, I can do it, but it's just going to spoil the whole day for me. <laughs> Truman once said that three things ruined a man. Power, money, and women. I never wanted power. I never had any money. And the only woman in my life is up at the house right now. I fired MacArthur because he wouldn't respect the authority of the president. I didn't fire him because he was a dumb son of a bitch, although he was, but that's not against the law for generals. If it was, half to three quarters of them would be in jail. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, please. All right, thank you. That's going to bring us on around two. The top five funniest president. Number four. Barack Obama. I got my name, Barack, from my father. And I got my middle name from somebody who obviously didn't think I'd ever run for president. <laughs> when I was a kid, I inhaled. Frequently. That was the point. These days, I look in the mirror and I have to admit, I'm not the strapping young Muslim socialist that I used to be. <laughs> On Mother's Day, this is a tough holiday for Rahm Emanuel. He's not used to saying the word day after mother. After I received the news, Malia walked in and said, Daddy, you won the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's Bo's birthday. And then Sasha added, plus we have a three-day weekend coming up. So it's good to have kids to keep things in perspective. <laughs> Upon learning that he and Dick Cheney are eighth cousins, I don't want to be invited to the family hunting party. Asked whether he would play a round of golf with Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh can play with himself. If I had to name my greatest strength, I guess it would be my humility. Greatest weakness? It's possible that I'm a little too awesome. <laughs> The White House Correspondents' Dinner is known as the prom of Washington, D.C., a term coined by political reporters who clearly never had the chance to go to an actual prom. I want to especially thank all the members of Congress who took a break from their exhausting schedule of not passing any laws to be here tonight. Mocking birtherism? Who is Barack Obama? Contrary to rumors you may have heard, I was not born in a manger. I was actually born on Krypton and sent here by my father Jor-El to save the planet Earth. As some of you heard, the state of Hawaii released my official long-form birth certificate. Hopefully, this puts all doubts to rest. But just in case there are any lingering questions, tonight I'm prepared to go a step further. Tonight, for the first time, I am releasing my official birth video. 
Now, I know that he's taken some flack lately, but no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? <laughs> Thank you, audience. And that's going to bring us on around to... Top five funniest president. Number three. Calvin Coolidge. I think the American people want a solemn ass as a president, and I think I will go along with them. <laughs> Nothing is easier than spending the public money. It does not appear to belong to anybody. <laughs> In the Massachusetts State Senate, a fellow senator complained to Coolidge that another senator had told him to go to hell. Coolidge said, I've examined the Constitution and the Senate rules, and there's nothing in them that compels you to go. Someone said, I wonder if it will ever stop raining. Coolidge replied, well, it always has. <laughs> Will Rogers asked Coolidge, what sort of crooks and horse thieves did you meet today, Mr. President? Coolidge replied, the cabinet. <laughs> On his Secretary of Commerce, Herbert Hoover, that man has offered me unsolicited advice for six years. All of it bad. <laughs> Urged to increase spending on military aviation, Coolidge said, Why can't we just buy one airplane and have all the pilots take turns? When more and more people are thrown out of work, unemployment results. A senator arriving in D.C. asked Coolidge how the weather had been. Coolidge said, Well, it's been hot here. I was sitting here the other night with a lady who fainted. And I don't know whether it was the weather or the conversation. A painter asked Mrs. Coolidge to wear a red dress to contrast with her white dog. Coolidge said, Why don't you keep your white dress on and dye the dog red? <laughs> on his speech writing abilities I always knew that there was some water in my well but I had to pump to get it it is not a gushing fountain <laughs> perhaps one of the most important accomplishments of my administration has been minding my own business A woman seated next to him at a dinner said to him, I made a bet today that I could get more than two words out of you. Coolidge replied, You lose. <laughs> he just as easily could have looked up at this nebby woman and said, Fuck you. <laughs> Coolidge and his wife were given separate tours of an experimental farm. Mrs. Coolidge noticed that a rooster was mating very frequently and asked the attendant how often that happened. She was told dozens of times each day. Mrs. Coolidge said, Tell that to the president when he comes by. 
Upon being told, Coolidge asked, Same hen every time? The attendant replied, Oh no, Mr. President, a different hen every time. Coolidge said, Tell that to Mrs. Coolidge. <laughs> An excellent joke by Coolidge. In fact, there is a scientific phenomenon named after that joke, the Coolidge effect, which is uh, the phenomenon that males will be more interested in mating frequently if they have a variety of females. All no, respect it's, it's to Coolidge's humor. Very, very phenomenally cool is Coolidge. And that's going to bring us around to the top five funniest president. Number two. Ronald Reagan. Reagan was asked whether the biggest problem confronting the nation was ignorance or apathy. He said, I don't know and I don't care. During the 1980 campaign, Jimmy Carter was supposed to go on 60 Minutes and talk about his accomplishments. Reagan said, but that would leave 59 minutes to fill. An economist is someone who sees something happen in practice and wonders if it'd work in theory. <laughs> Reagan liked to tell a joke told to him by Mikhail Gorbachev. There was a long line outside a Russian grocery store and the line never seemed to move. A frustrated man said, it's all Gorbachev's fault. I'm going to kill Gorbachev. He left and came back the next day. Someone asked if he killed Gorbachev. He said, no, that line was twice as long. I'm not worried about the deficit. It is big enough to take care of itself. On Bob Hope, he loves to entertain the troops and he loves golf. Just the other day, he asked, what's your handicap? I said, Congress. Referring to countries like the People's Republic of China and the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea, Reagan once said, The other day someone told me the difference between a democracy and a people's democracy. It's the same difference between a jacket and a straight jacket. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. During a mic check before a radio address, Reagan said, My fellow Americans, I am pleased to tell you I just signed legislation which outlaws Russia forever. The bombing begins in five minutes. When I go in for a physical, they no longer ask how old I am. They carbon date me. At a 1984 debate with Walter Mondale, Reagan was asked whether he was getting too old to discharge the duties of the presidency. Reagan said, not at all. I will not make age an issue in this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. 
After being shot by John Hinckley, Reagan was being rushed into surgery when his wife arrived at the hospital. He greeted her by saying, Honey, I forgot to duck. As he entered the operating room, he said to the surgeons, Please tell me you're Republicans. The morning after his surgery, White House aides came to see him in the hospital. He said, Hi, fellas. I knew it would be too much to hope that we could skip a staff meeting. He told his daughter that the assassination attempt ruined one of my best suits. It's so courteous of the studio audience to hold their laughter till the end of that series of jokes. Yes, thank you so much, guys. We have a very well-disciplined audience. You've been very wonderful, and uh, thank you for following our rules. That's going to bring us on around to... The top five funniest president. Number one. Abraham Lincoln. Stephen Douglas accused Lincoln of being two-faced. Lincoln replied, If I had another face, do you think I would wear this one? On his uneventful militia service in the 1832 Black Hawk War, the only blood I've spilled in defense of my country was to mosquitoes. When two of Lincoln's sons were fighting a neighbor... Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. When two of Lincoln's sons were fighting, a neighbor asked what was wrong. Lincoln said, Just what's the matter with the whole world? I've got three walnuts and each wants two. <laughs> Tact is the ability to describe others as they see themselves. No matter how much cats fight, there always seem to be plenty of kittens. Whenever I hear anyone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. A persistent office seeker came to see Lincoln and said, The Chief of Customs has just died. Could I possibly take his place? Lincoln said, It's fine with me if the Undertaker doesn't mind. A woman accosted Lincoln and demanded an officer's commission for her son. She said, my grandfather fought at Lexington. My uncle was the only man who did not run away at Bladensburg. My father fought at New Orleans, and my husband was killed at Monterey. Lincoln said, Madam, your family has done enough for the country. It's time to give somebody else a chance. <laughs> Lincoln suffered from the poor performance of his generals. When informed that the Confederates had captured a Brigadier General and 12 mules, Lincoln said, How unfortunate. Those mules cost us $200 apiece. 
Speaking of frustration with his generals, Lincoln asked General McClellan to keep him better informed of the Army's activities. McClellan mocked Lincoln by sending him a letter saying, We have just captured six cows. What shall we do with them? Lincoln wrote back, Milk them. <laughs> On complaints that General Grant was an alcoholic, I wish some of you would tell me what brand of whiskey Grant drinks. I would like to send a barrel of it to my other generals. A well-wisher told Lincoln, Mr. President, I'm from up in New York State where we believe that God Almighty and Abraham Lincoln are going to save this country. Lincoln said, my friend, you're half right. Lincoln liked to tell a story of General Ethan Allen going to England after the Revolutionary War, where the English looked down their noses at Americans. At one home, he found a portrait of George Washington hanging up in the outhouse. When he came back from doing his business, his host snickered and asked what he thought of the portrait's placement. Allen said, It will do good service there. The whole world knows nothing will make an Englishman shit quicker than the sight of George Washington. Thank you. Thank you. We'd yeah. like to thank our studio audience uh, for being here for this top five. Thank you, guys. Well, seems you, like uh, our... have been very well trained. Seems like the audience is all excited, like they're demanding an encore. It seems kind of like they are, and that's why we're let's gonna, give it to them. We're going to give them some honorable mentions. That's right. Lots of other funny presidents that didn't make the top five have uh, some jokes of their own they want in here. So we're going to do some honorable mentions. Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave this great advice on public speaking: be sincere. Be brief. Be seated. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt said, A man who has never gone to school may steal from a freight car, but if he has a university education, he may steal the whole railroad. John F. Kennedy during the 1960 presidential campaign. Do you realize the responsibility I carry? I'm the only person standing between Richard Nixon and the White House. <laughs> LBJ said, I have learned that only two things are necessary to keep one's wife happy. First, let her think she's having her own way. And second, let her have it. Herbert Hoover said, Blessed are the young, for they shall inherit the national debt. And last but not least, Jimmy Carter said, I have often wanted to drown my troubles, but I can't get my wife to go swimming. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Dropping an uncharacteristic burn on Rosalind Carter. Indeed. 
And that brings us to the end of our top five this week. We will, we want to thank our studio audience. Yeah, thanks um, again. It was very uh, nice of them to gather here and to, uh, you know, just generally behave. Yeah, there's uh, no heckling. Yeah, no heckling, no bullshit. So uh, thank you, guys. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause before we go to a commercial break here. Thank you, audience. Great. All right, right, that's enough. And listeners, if you want to be part of a live studio audience on a future episode of the show, hit us up on Twitter at DeadPresPodcast. Until next time, this has been the Dead Presidents Podcast.